We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. Trevor Lane here. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane over on Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA. Joined as always by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Before we get into anything today, because I know I'm going to forget if I don't do it right now, tonight we are going to be hosting over on Playback Mavs Warriors Game 4. Do the Mavs go home? Is it a sweep? Or do they survive to see another day? Come join us. Use the link in the description below. Keith and I are going to be on there. We're going to be providing our stream of the game so you can watch it directly with us and talk basketball with us. We get to hang out, chat basketball during the game. We'll talk about what's happening in the game. We'll take questions and comments on all kinds of other things as well, MCU related and otherwise, and of course, NBA related. But we'll be talking all throughout the game. Going to be a lot of fun. So come join us again, nine o'clock Eastern time start for this one. So come join us on playback. Use the link in the description below. Keith, I had to do it because every day, you know, behind the scenes, whenever we try to plan one of these things, I forget to say it. So I had to make sure that I threw it in here at the beginning, but, uh, but how are you doing, man? And are you, are you feeling good now that your Celtics have tied it up to two? Yeah, it was, uh, I'll take full ownership for no show yesterday. Yeah. Things were a disaster around the Smith house house. We had a dog that was sick and was, uh, uh unfortunately he was, uh, Coming out of all ends, uh, oh. all over the house, which was never fun. While we also had uh, major plumbing issues uh, for the second time in a week, so uh, yeah, not great. But we we got through that, and and everything now seems to be. Let me knock on wood very heavily here. Uh, seems to be good. So we're uh, yeah, but I mean, these playoffs have been something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we're now up to it's up to like twenty two blowouts of uh, 20 or more points um, in the playoffs. That's more, I believe anyone has said uh, than like in any kind of recent history, mm-hmm. at least, um, which is, is tough. And this uh, heat Celtic series in a way feels, you know, clearly I'm a little bit biased, but when Boston doesn't throw the ball away over and over and over again, they are the better team. Um, the, the heat need those, you know, 15 to 20 turnovers to get their offense going because they just can't score in the half court against the Celtics. Even in the games they've won, they struggled uh, in half court offense. So, uh, yeah, I feel confident is 
much as you can mm-hmm. two two with two games left on the road and potential uh seven game series but uh you know we'll we'll see we'll see what uh comes in uh game five here on uh wednesday night i was shocked to that the degree to which the heat just didn't show up in, in yeah. game four it reminded me a lot of the suns in game seven last round just a, a complete just no nah, we don't feel like playing basketball tonight so we're not going to that was the that was the general sense i got and perhaps that was you know just that early first quarter onslaught was enough to where the heat went eh, we're all banged up let's you know we already got the split on the road that's what we needed to do we've got home court let's worry about about next game but still this is i mean for the nba what a bust of a conference finals on both sides yeah. because we've seen so many blowouts after what's been a really fun playoffs. I mean, can we go back to the second round, please? Those were some fun, <laughs> some fun series. Not to say that the, the, these series haven't had their own intrigue, but just from a general NBA perspective, having so many blowouts is frustrating for fans because you're shutting the game off at halftime in, in some yeah. of these situations because you already know what the outcome is. So here's to hoping that that changes. I do think part of this People were pointing, I saw this conversation going on on social media last night saying, well, it's the it's the three-point shooting. Because so many teams are shooting the threes now and just, just non-stop three-pointers, what happens is if you're a little bit off one night and the other team's a little bit on, that creates a blowout because three-pointers are, are worth so much in, in today's NBA and just in basketball in general. And I think there's some degree of truth to that. I also think there's some randomness to this. Yes, it's the matchups, but also this just kind of was what is going to naturally happen just the odds say at some point you're going to hit a stretch where there's a bunch of blowouts just like at some point you're going to hit a stretch where you have a ton of insanely close games and i'm hopeful that we're going to see some here's my favorite catchphrase regression to the mean coming in terms of blowouts and they're going to wind up uh, with some close ones um hopefully in the nba finals of course and hopefully for the rest of the way here yeah i think the three point shooting is in general it is the great equalizer, mm-hmm. right? It can can make a team that is down can allow them to come back in a in a game or a series. Um, it can allow you to, if you're up, to keep a team down. Uh, if you're a you know, lesser quality team, you can get into a game if you shoot really well. Um, last night, definitely the outlier there because Boston was only eight out of thirty four yeah. on threes, but Miami just they they couldn't get anything going and it looks better them going 14 to 36 but they took a ton of three pointers in the third and fourth quarter when quite frankly this game was over at halftime yeah. it never was really close Miami made a little run uh, in the third quarter but that little run got them to within like 22 so it wasn't even really there uh, the 20 point margin that's even I think kind of deceiving if a 20 point margin can be that because I think Boston you know, was they, they were up by so many um um, and then late just kind of you know went in a full on cruise control. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think um you know I'm I'm with you. I'm hopeful that we'll get into you know far more uh competitive uh games, you know, as the these uh you know as we go a little bit deeper. But you know, I kinda kinda I think the other thing that I wanted to reference there too is I think coaches now more than any other, especially with all these injuries and in the especially in the Boston Miami series, I think they're kind of looking at it and saying, no. We'll, we'll lose the battle to win the war. It's yeah. not worth it. Pull guys out. I think that's exactly what Eric Spolster did last night. Um, his his guys, nobody logged more than 
27 minutes minus Victor Oladipo, who played 30. Um, but that was, you know, in part because Tyler Hero was out yeah. and in part because he played a lot in garbage time. But yeah, I mean, they he he waved the white flag very early on and said, that's it. We're, we're, we're not even going to get into this game. Let's just get these guys out of here and we'll live to play another day. I thought it was a bit strange, like as the game was going on, and you probably felt this a lot more than I did watching it from the, the Boston perspective. I was thinking, why do the Celtics still have, like, why is Jason Tatum yeah. on the floor? What is, what's going on? Like, I mean, that, that to me, I was nervous for the Celtics. I'm like, oh my gosh, like if another injury happens right now, if Jason yep. Tatum turns his ankle or something like that, people are going to lose their minds in Boston because they, these guys shouldn't still be on the floor right now. Well, and at the end of the game, Derek White looked like he was grabbing at his hamstring. Mm -hmm. It was actually he was rubbing both sides of his uh, his thigh and uh, or I guess his hamstring and quad. Um, but what it was was he was cramping. Um, mm -hmm. So he was actually fine. Um, you know, it was just he, he was having some cramps. But, yeah, it ran, definitely ran through my head. I was hammering it on Twitter. What happened, I think, with Ima Udoka is they had a – handful of games early in the year where he pulled the starters out with five, six minutes to go. Mm -hmm. And the deep bench at that time just completely fell apart to the point where, you know, coaches hate nothing more than having to put starters sure. back in a game that was essentially already won. Um, and he had to do that at like three times in the first half of the season. Um, I think now it's a little different. I wish he'd trust him a little bit more. You know, when you're up, between 20, 25, 30 points for most of the fourth quarter, I would have at that point said, all right, you know, hey, if we blow this one, we deserve to lose this the, yeah. the game and the series and everything else. But uh, I'm with you. Yeah, I would rather see that. So, you know, but in the end, everybody made it out. You know, okay, as far as we know, we'll see about Marcus Smart yeah. uh, for game uh, five. We'll see about Tyler Hero on the Heat side. Miami's got a whole bunch of guys banged up. Robert Williams is uh, very much, they, they uh, continue to say he's very day-to-day, -day, mm -hmm. um, and they won't know day-to-day -day depending on how his um, uh, knee responds after games. So, yeah. Um, one other thing I'll touch on, too, and I'm like the last person to say this, we got to add more days to the conference finals. Like, e even if it's just on when we travel, it's two days off. Mm -hmm. This it's too much. Like playing every other day like this, it's too much on these guys. You you can see. I mean, that's part of why these games stink too. Is these guys are exhausted yeah. and they're banged up, and then you're seeing teams just say forget it and pull the plug. Yeah, I mean, playoff basketball is played at a, a higher intensity than regular season basketball, and so that's that's something that should be accounted for. Particularly if you want good games, if you want a good product you've got to figure out a way to not be playing quite as frequently because these guys need rest. They, they just, they do. If they're going to perform at this level, if they're going to be asked to play yep. 40 plus minutes a night with high intensity of every possession matters, that is very, very difficult to do when you're playing as often they are as they are. Plus when you throw in the travel in the series as well, not an easy yep. thing to do. Yep. Um, let's get into our first big, big news topic. Obviously we didn't have a show yesterday, but let's get into our first big news topic of the weekend, really, which was uh, Tim Connolly moving from the Denver Nuggets to the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I believe we touched upon this rumor that it might happen yeah. uh, on Friday of last week, but now it is done going to the Wolves. Let's start with the Wolves side of things. How big of a deal is this for them? Is this just a clear sign that new ownership group is willing to spend and do what it takes? And I mean, should Minnesota fans be, be celebrating right now? I think there's two parts to this. One is I think it is a very good move 
for them. Uh, Basketball-wise, I think Tim Conley has proven he can do a really good job in a uh, smaller market to identify talent, keep talent, get guys uh, linked up and there and everything. So I think that is uh, you know really, really important. He's also proven he can build a pretty good roster around an extremely talented big man, which is not the easiest thing to do in the NBA. Let's, I mean, face it, Philly has had challenges with that over the last several years. Um, so I think, you know, I think he has a pretty good understanding of you know, the way to build out a roster that way. I would also be extremely excited if I was Wolves fans, because this means now, yes, Glenn Taylor still is, is, you know, involved. He's still the primary or majority owner, whatever we want to call it. Um, until 2023 but mark laurie and alex rodriguez have come in there and basically said all right we're you know i'm, I'm gonna channel my inner john hammond the jurassic park john hammond <laughs> not the orlando magic version um, i'm glad you say, specified spare no expense right, <laughs> right. um because that's what they're doing. I mean, they're they're paying to, uh, Tim Conley an average of eight million dollars a year, uh, which is you know that's a good chunk of change mm-hmm. and guaranteed. They're also, I mean, there's ownership stake in that as well. But there's also things that are coming in for Conley. I bet with uh, you know we have to do this to the front office, you know, whether it be size of staff or reach of staff or whatever it is um, there. So yeah, all around, if I was the Wolves fans, I'd be extremely excited about this. Yeah, I mean, I think it is great for the Wolves, and they are, and they just had. You know, obviously their their playoff exit was was not what they were hoping for, but they just had a season that was that was pretty positive. I mean, they were better than mm-hmm. the most teams most people expected them to be. Uh, there, there's plenty of question marks still around the team, but overall, I think Minnesota fans should be feeling pretty good heading into the offseason, Should be excited about next season, and now this just continues that rolling. I mean, this is just a more momentum for them, and I think there's some changes that they'll make this summer and you're going to have a a Mm -hmm. Minnesota team that's going to be right in the thick of things in the West again next season. So exciting stuff there for Denver. How big of a loss is this? And is this a bad sign for a Nuggets team that's shown a willingness to spend to keep players? They just, I mean, just spent a ton of money on Michael Porter Jr. And all these, these pieces that they're keeping along Aaron Gordon. And yet now they just let Tim Connolly go. Yeah. So again, let's put it into two different parts. The, the basketball side of it, big major loss, mm-hmm. no other way to put it. It's not great um, to lose a key executive who is, uh, you know, huge. You lost him to a division rival as well, um, which is also tough. It's, it's a Wolves team that is, um, I guess it's fair to still call them up and coming. It, they're sure. not super duper young, but they're, 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 they're young moving up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that is, you know, that's another thing that's difficult. It's a team that, um, you know, they, if they can, let's see what they do with D'Angelo Russell, but you get through uh, this year and then, you know, incredible flexibility moving forward with that roster with Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards. Um, there's kind of your, your two main building blocks. So I, I think that part's tough. And then the message this sends is we don't want to spend money to keep, you know, a top you know, tier executive around. And that that's not a great message to send. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there was a lot of hand-wringing when Masai Ujiri left Denver of, you know, what are they going to do? How are they going to figure this out? Tim Connolly plugged in and did quite well. Calvin Booth, who if you're a longtime NBA fan, you probably remember, uh, was a player in the league uh, for a number of years. I think for a very long time, he was probably most known for being the only Penn State uh, basketball player in the NBA. If I I may have that wrong, but I think that was one of the things he was known for. Um, but he's been there through a lot of this. 
um, in, in Denver. So I think um, that's really important to, um, to, to note. So I think they'll be okay. It's just not a great message to send. Uh, you know, yeah, we don't know. Cause there's all these questions there already is, you know, are they willing to go into the luxury tax? How deep into the luxury tax? What is that going to look like? So, so we'll see. And we should note just so we, we are uh, clear on this. The Tim Connolly thing is done. It is official. Mm-hmm. It is complete. Um, that the Wolves announced that hire uh, yesterday. So, um, so it's no longer speculation or even just this is going to happen. It is done and complete. Calvin Booth, indeed, out of Penn State. Um, I, I do wonder how big of a deal the ownership stake was because you look at the valuation of NBA franchises. Sure. It just keeps going up. You've got a new t- TV deal that's coming up uh, in the in the near future. Yeah, I mean. I could understand, like with Minnesota being willing, like I, I do wonder if that was the point in the negotiation where Tim Connolly just, okay, well, I can't turn this down, right? To have some percentage of ownership in an actual franchise. And I could understand if Denver wouldn't be okay with matching that because that that could wind up being extremely valuable as NBA franchises just continue to go up in, in terms of their their value. That's, that's really interesting. And again, the specifics of exactly what that looks like, how much ownership, all that. I don't know that off the top of my yep. head or, or have that no, information yeah. out. But I think that could be could want, have wound up being a big factor for the Nuggets. Yep. Yeah, and it very, very may very well have been. And in the Nuggets are you know it's uh, under the Cronky uh, Sports and Entertainment or something along those lines group. Like yeah, they're they're we're highly unlikely to give up any spots uh, or any uh, ownership equity or anything like that. So you know it is what it is. All right, Zach Levine. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, I mean, more available than we thought. Jake Fisher of Bleacher <laughs> Report throwing that out there, that Zach Levine, his, he's not a lock to return to the Bulls, but as we've been saying for a while now, we've been saying, look, most likely he winds up back with the Bulls. It just if you look at the market, you look at his value, you look at, at all the all the particulars, the m- thing that makes the most sense is for him to go back to the Chicago Bulls. But there are other options. And I think this is really key for the negotiation with the Bulls because if the Bulls mess around at all, they try to make, you know, put in a team option or anything like that, or non-guaranteed or money or whatever, there's other landing spots for Zach yeah. Levine to go to. But I still think ultimately he winds up back in Chicago. I know there's other, you know, Portland and, and San Antonio, there's other places that he could potentially go, but um, I think it's still going to be something worth monitoring. I think that's what where we're at. It's something worth monitoring when we thought heading into this postseason it was just going to be a lock and something we didn't need to pay that much attention to. Yeah. Personally, 
I want it to actually be in play just because it makes things a lot more fun. Sure. Um, you know, and makes things a lot more fun for us to cover and all those kind of things. I though do believe, you know, in the end, the money will be enough of a difference. Um, you know, maybe that fifth year as well. Um, if I was Levine, I think that fifth year is pretty important just considering the health concerns he has had, Mm -hmm. um, in his career. So, yeah. So I think there is a chance, um, uh, that that could matter, but yeah, I mean, I do think this is no longer the, yep, lock it in, Zach Levine off the board. Uh, we're going to talk another guy in a minute here, take him off the board too. Um, and, you know, let's, you know, kind of do the summer of trades and role players moving around. Well, you know, maybe one of the real stars is actually available. Uh, I had someone ask too, we will do our free agent ranking shows yeah. and previews by by the positions and all that stuff that that's all all coming guys we got you know i know it seems crazy but we've got you know still a, a month ish to go mm-hmm. uh, to get into that stuff but we've got all that stuff queued up and ready to go but just so somebody asked because they, they they it was funny the way they put it was i don't know that i liked all your tears but i i really liked the shows which in the end that's that's important mm-hmm. disagree all you sure. want you know so we'll take it Absolutely. And yeah, that, that stuff is coming. I mean, it's going to be, we've got, obviously there's a lot of stuff going on with the playoffs and everything like that, but we've got plenty of time to get into that, um, and talk about those things. So that, that is, that is coming. Uh, let's jump over to Deandre Ayton though. Deandre Ayton. Oh, so that's another one. Cause I wasn't even thinking Deandre Ayton as the guy we were going to talk later. Okay. Maybe, maybe oh, resign him. I'm, I'm looking at so, my show notes. Yeah. I, I know who, who <laughs> yeah. else you're thinking. Now of. you know who. It, is. Yeah. Oh man, that's a tease right there. Yeah. You right. Stay Stick around. Watch and listen. We've got another guy <laughs> to talk about here, but but DeAndre Ayton is the guy that we're going to get into now. Um, this is feeling like, and again, I wouldn't have, before Game Seven that that the Phoenix Suns had their unceremonious exit from the playoffs. I would have said DeAndre Ayton is back to the Suns. That's what's going to happen. Now it feels like. It's all but certain that he's leaving. I mean, I don't see it. We keep hearing more and more that the Suns probably don't want to pay Aiden a max salary. Mm-hmm. Other teams are willing to do it. That suggests that he's on the way out. Perhaps we see a sign-in trade here. There are some landing spots. The aforementioned San Antonio Spurs. You've got the Detroit Pistons potentially being a landing spot for him as well. Where do you see this going with, with Aiden? Do you think the Suns are ready to just wash their hands in the situation and say, see you later? Yeah, I kind of do. I, I think it's one of those things where where the um, the uh, sons are basically in a position where it's like we're we're out on this. This is just this this is now gone too far sideways. Bringing them back, trying to rehab all that stuff. Maybe it's better to just move along, uh, not tie up the long term money, uh, reset with a couple you know different players because you're probably going to get a player or two back. Uh, and switch that up and and i think it'll go go that way but yeah i i, I do think um that they're gonna go in a different direction and, and move so yeah but i i you know let's see you know I, I think it's um you know uh more likely than not that deandre is playing somewhere else and if he is i will say it is maybe a hundred percent chance that he is uh that it's via sign and trade because i don't think the sons um will want to let him go just for nothing did you see the comment from his agent from bill duffy yes oh my gosh i mean 
So just I'll, I'll just read it because I've got it right here in front of me. Um, it, talking to uh, to Basketball News, he said, we're disappointed we wanted a max contract. He's talking about last summer. The, the Suns didn't mm-hmm. give him that contract. He went out and was a soldier the whole year, played well, improved his statistics, so we're proud of him. A lot of guys handle things differently, but he was very mature about it. Things will work out for DeAndre. He's a valuable player. There's other teams in the league as well. He's a restricted free agent, so we'll see how this process unfolds. It's not often that you hear a player who's under contract and is a, slated to be a restricted free agent to say, well, you know, there's other teams. The agent of, an, yeah. of, a, of a player to say something like that, that suggests that there's probably a parting of ways coming here. Yep. Hey, one of those other teams that's been mentioned, mm-hmm. the Atlanta Hawks. Yes. Um, they they're, they sound like they have been brought up quite a bit. I've, I've heard a lot of people saying, could you do something around Aiden in a sign and trade for Clint Capella? Uh, maybe it's Clint Capella and another player to balance out the salaries. And, and that's where you go. And it, that has interest to me if I'm the Phoenix Suns, because I think Capella comes in, you know, uh, slightly cheaper. Um, you know, in terms of salary goes similar ish production and role, I would guess, uh, probably a, um, a, slightly worse offensive player because he just doesn't have the versatility but a um probably a better defender and and rebounder um that's probably close-ish well we'll see Mm -hmm. um but yeah uh but on the hawks uh there's there's a lot of thought that the hawks might be a team that makes big moves uh this offseason i wrote about this over at spot track they've got a ton of uh you know wing players now with bogdanovich hunter herder all signed i have gallinari who's on a partially guaranteed contract they re-signed john collins last year uh trey young's new max deal kicks in uh this offseason as well so let's see where that comes together but You've got a lot of stuff there with the Hawks that makes them a very, very interesting team as we go into this offseason just because of the potential. And I think there is a sense of we want to go back to being the team that was in the East Finals versus being this team that was just kind of barely slipped into the playoffs. And when you get into that spot, that's probably a group that says, all right, if we don't make this happen, uh, we may not be the ones making these decisions much further uh, down the line here. Yeah, I mean the expectations were there this season, and they didn't—they didn't live up to those. They—they they certainly fell short of what they did the previous season, and so there's plenty of motivation for the Hawks to make moves. And I think there's opportunity here because they've got wings, and that's what everybody in the NBA is constantly looking for—is wing players. So you've got pieces that are valuable. So that means I think there's going to be opportunities out there for them to make moves. They're going to have options on the table. The question is, can they pick the right ones in order to put this Hawks team back on track? We know they have to get better defensively. Can they do that without sacrificing too much of their offense? That's going to be kind of the balancing act for them. But, you know, a big move for for a guy like DeAndre Ayton, I don't even know if, like, is Ayton enough of an upgrade over Clint Capella that you want to give up major stuff in order to, to do that, plus pay in that max salary. I think there, there's a, certainly a debate you could have there, but the bottom line is that the Hawks are going to be one of those teams that's going to be in play for a, a DeAndre Ayton, for Jeremy Grant, for just about just about anybody that they want to get in the conversation with. I think that, that they can. They've got the pieces to at least be in in the running for any of the big players that are going to be on the market. Yeah, I completely agree. Would you would you say the Hawks have more wings than a B dub threes? Yes. That that's a good way to put it. That's a good way to put yeah, it. Thanks. Proud of that I one. Like, I like that I one. I did well there. 
Um, <laughs> we do need to get to our. Is that uh, what you guys call them? Do you guys call them B dub threes or do you call it B dubs? No, I'll admit that that took me a second to yeah. for, for it to click, and I went, oh yeah, okay. But um, yeah, B dubs. I think I hear more frequently. If see, we here on the East Coast, we call it Buffalo Wild Wings and Whack because that's what it was like initially called. Oh, okay, um, I didn't know which that. is. Yeah, do you know what Weck is? No. It's it's like a, it's basically a roast beef sandwich on a certain type of roll and it's um it's like the the roast beef is super rare and it's very thin cut. Mm. Um and then you serve it with a uh, horseradish and au jus and they they were originally called Buffalo Wild Wings and Weck. Mm. Um and the first few on the East Coast that's what they were named as. So, but whatever. That's a stupid aside. I don't know why I got focused on that, especially on a day where we have limited time. That is true. That is true. <laughs> but we, I mean, not, not that the aside was stupid. That That's not true, but we do have limited time. No, it was, <laughs> but, but that being yeah, said, yeah, let's do it. I know where you're going. <laughs> the new Thor trailer came out. We, yeah. we got to talk about this. Oh my goodness. But I, I had to, as soon as it, like, I'm watching it on, on the TV as it's airing, as soon as it ended, I had to go online and watch it again, because I'm like, this this looks absolutely fantastic. Christian Bale as Gore looks phenomenal. I was blown away when they started going into, like, black and white scenes. I went, okay, they're going to start to push the boundaries here with uh, with this one. Some of the, like, Thor's costume was taken almost straight out of the comics. I like the, the look there. I mean, I, I'm I'm excited for the, this movie. It looks looks like it's going to be absolutely fantastic. It very clearly has the humor yep. of uh, you know Thor Ragnarok, which is huge. I think um, that's quite frankly, I think why we still have uh, um, the Chris Hemsworth playing Thor because mm -hmm. he likes playing you know, the, the funny and different versions of Thor. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm beyond excited. I can't wait for. For, for this one that's uh you know we got what about a month and a half a little less a little over a month to to go so yeah um obi-wan starts at the end of the week mm -hmm. i'm excited for that on disney plus um for all the star wars uh folks out there and then we got uh ms marvel coming up yep. um which ms marvel's got a uh different rating i guess than some of the other uh disney shows which is, is also interesting too so yeah what's the rating uh, Disney Post. I don't know. I didn't have a chance to read the article. I know it's one up from whatever really? they, they usually are. So, Interesting. you know, I'm not sure. Okay. So, All right. Well, let's finally reveal our, our mystery <laughs> mystery player. Uh, we're talking, I'm assuming we're on the same wavelength here. Bradley Beal and what, what he's doing with, uh, with the Washington Wizards. Uh, look, there's been teams for years now that have been kind of circling Bradley Beal, hoping that they could, that they can get him some way. Um, but it's looking more and more likely that he will wind up re-signing with the Washington Wizards. He's, he's said many times that he wants to stay in Washington, wants to win there, but still, as the team has struggled, uh, there's been ebbs and flows there. The, you know, the rumors have persisted that, you know, maybe, maybe he could be available. Maybe somebody could convince him to leave, but it does seem like he is, he is going to wind up sticking around in Washington. Yeah, it, it, this is, this is one of those where take the money in two years in, if it's not working, uh, much like Damian Lillard, if he asks for a trade, I don't think anyone's going to blame yeah. him. It'll be seen as like, Hey man, you gave us a decade. Like there's, we can't ask anything more, you know, time to go. If I was the wizards, I'd maybe be a little cautious of how much I want to pay him. His game really slipped a lot this past year. So you have to feel pretty calm. And that's before 
the injury stuff. Uh-huh. So you have to feel pretty confident that he's going to bounce right back. Otherwise, you could be stuck in a spot where that's that's not such a great contract yeah. uh, by the end. But but I mean, it, they they can't replace him if he leaves. They, you know, he is very much their franchise guy. I I, I don't see that there's any other choice they really can make here. I think you have to resign uh-huh. him. Yeah, absolutely. Even if you just ultimately trade him a year from now or something, yeah, you can't you can't just let him walk away. You've got to sign him uh, and, and then give it a go. I mean, the Wizards look great at the beginning of the season. At one point, they were even the one seed in the Eastern Conference, but uh, I'm not expecting that to be replicated. But still, yeah. I, I think this team they can look at it and say, with a few tweaks here and there, can we be a solid playoff team and and be in that mix? And if not, you still want to have Bradley Beal under contract because he'll be a value on that deal. And then. Uh, you can move him unless of course the wheels completely fall off, but that's not what I'm yeah. expecting to happen. Yeah. We'll talk more on when we talk wizards off season later, mm-hmm. but there's just stuff. They got to work out to rebalance that roster. All right. Let's jump to the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, not looking to trade Tyrese Maxey. Uh, no surprise. I thought there were specifically certain games in the playoffs where Maxey was better than James Harden was. Uh, that's oh, part, yeah. part of that is you know indictment on, on James Harden and, and his play, but it's also that that Maxi was really good. Uh, he's been fantastic for them, so he is close to untouchable. That makes it look in the NBA. There's no there's no truly untradeable player, but still they're not going to be calling anybody up saying, hey, what can we get for Tyrese Maxi? He's a player they'd like to hang on to, and rightfully rightfully so. Interesting though, the word is that they will listen to offers on Matisse Thybulle. Uh, what do you think about, I mean, one of one of the best perimeter defenders in the NBA, what kind of value do you get there? And should that be the piece that the Sixers look to, to move as they hope to, uh, to improve the team? Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, I think the challenge is... He is right. We have three and D players. Mm-hmm. He is transitioning very closely to being a, you know, nothing in D player. Yeah. Um, and how much, if it is not a center, can you pay a complete non offensive factor? Right. Um, he shot 31% from three this year. Uh, and his volume is 2.2 per game. So it's not super high, mm-hmm. but it's also like, he just doesn't, it's not like he's not taking any. Uh, and that's disappointing because as a rookie, he was at 35%, but last year, 30%, this year, 31%. Um, you had the fact that the team very clearly felt let down by his decision to not get vaccinated yeah. um, or not get fully vaccinated. He, he had one shot. Um, so that seems like a, you know, um, will factor in here as well. So that's, that's the challenge because he's extended 
extension eligible. So you have to start looking at it as, and how much are we going to pay a guy that is just cannot, he's no, nowhere close to anything on offense. Like he is com- basically completely disregardable because mm-hmm. no, no one really cares. He doesn't get to the free throw line. He doesn't cut. He can't score off the dribble. It's basically, you know, layups and jump shots. Uh, that That's it. Like he can't do anything else. So that's, that's a huge challenge despite the fact that he may be the best perimeter defender in the league. When you've got a team that's got Joel Embiid, who obviously can shoot outside, but does a lot of damage in the paint. James Harden, who does a lot of his damage driving into the paint, again, can shoot outside, yep. but a big part of his game is, is driving to the basket. And Tyrese Maxey, too, having a guy on the floor that the other team doesn't have to defend and they just stick an extra defender in the paint, that's a problem. That's that's a, a big problem. And so I can understand from yep. the offensive end of the floor, um, it really does come down to if you can just get up to league average, teams will care if you're out there behind the, the arc. If you can't, yep. teams won't. And that's yep. that's that's the problem, and you see that it's not just Maxi dealing with that, but um, I'm sorry, it's not just Thibault dealing with that, but I don't know what his value is going to be with that yeah. with that being a factor. It has to be league average and willing to shoot, sure, too. Yep. Because if you're just you know, yeah, who cares if you if you don't ever make them? That was the, kind of the issue with T.J. McConnell mm-hmm. during his Philadelphia years. He was a non-shooter, so you could never play him and Simmons together because there's a major difference between a bad shooter and a non-shooter. Yep. A bad shooter occasionally gets hot and you do have to guard them. That's kind of the way it's been with Marcus Smart for a lot of his career. When you're a complete non-shooter, the defense can just disregard you fully. Yep. Yep. Um, all right, let's move on to the Bulls and the Pistons who are going to be traveling overseas. Yeah. be playing in Paris. Interesting. So, yep. th- so they're going to be heading over there and uh, and playing a game. I'd imagine that's going to be, and I, I haven't looked at the time or anything for this game, but because uh, we don't have the full schedule or any of that. But I'd imagine this is going to be one of those like it's going to be a random like one o'clock game here or something. Yeah, I like think that, they you know? were either like two or three o'clock when the NBA did them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did them for several years in a row. I want to say from like 2017 to 2020 mm-hmm. or something, uh, whether it was in London or Paris, um, they were like two or three in the afternoon, Eastern time. Um, you know, we're right at that kind of prime time window uh, over in uh, Europe uh, for them. And yeah, the last one were the Hornets and the Bucks all the way back in uh, the end of January, 2020. Uh, they, they went over there and played, and then uh, you know shortly thereafter, like a couple, really a couple weeks later, about a month later, the whole world shut down. Yeah. Um. You know, um. So yeah. So that's uh. But yeah. So back back on the table, we've got the preseason games in Abu Dhabi. They're talking about games back in uh, in uh, Japan again, and maybe China again, and all sorts of stuff. So yeah. So we got all all kinds of you know international ball coming our way. But this one, regular season game, to be clear. Yeah. This is not not, not a preseason. All right. Uh, before we get into the draft stuff, we can finish with that. Uh, we can mention this. Jovan Buha of The Athletic put out a story today on Russell Westbrook. Uh, I went in depth uh, into this over on the Lakers Nation uh, YouTube channel already. But Russell Westbrook, according to Jovan, essentially every team that has discussed R- Russ trades with the Lakers is demanding a first-round pick, which is not a surprise at all. Um, if they're going to take Russ. But what is surprising is the Lakers up to this point have said no, that they will not include a first-round pick in any Russell Westbrook trade. Obviously, that means they're at an impasse because teams say we must get a first and the Lakers say we must not trade a first. Really hard to get a deal done in that scenario. So uh, we're also seeing rumors persist that 
the Lakers, at least some voices within their front office, believe that a new coach and new pieces around LeBron AD and Russell Westbrook can uh, can get different results, can improve things, can smooth things out. A lot of people are skeptical of that, myself included, but that's that's where we're at right now. Keith, let me get your your take on this, because I've already talked about this a ton. What do you think about, about that situation? Um, do you think ultimately the Lakers just bite the bullet and give up a first, or or do you think they're really serious about potentially bringing him back and thinking that it could actually work with different pieces involved? Yeah, I think the Lakers are being very cagey and cautious right now, which is what they should do, mm-hmm. which is, you know, there's no reason to say, hey, we has got to go. We'll give up picks today because sure. nothing, nothing's going to happen yet. So just kind of keep, you know, continue to say no and hang tight and hang tight and hang tight. And then eventually you can sort through that, you know, when it comes comes uh, time um, down the line. So I, I do think we will see him moved on. I, I just I can't see how you bring him back. Um, it just doesn't make sense to me. And. Let's see, because a lot of that depends on what's coming back the other way. Sure. You know, it would be, and you know my feeling on it would be hard. As long as you can break him up in a smaller contracts, it's hard to get into a position where you're taking back anything worse. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe it does take one of one of the first round picks to to get off it. Um, I don't know that I'd give that up. I might be more willing to just say, you know, well, we'll just wait it out. And then if he's really that unhappy. Take hey, get back a whole bunch of money in a bio. We're happy to set you free. Yeah. Um, you know, we we can go that way. So I I I tend to think this one could potentially get a little bit ugly. But well, yeah, let's let's see. We we've got a month. The reports have also been that the Lakers will not entertain buying him out or waiving him or anything like that. But of course, again, like you said, that kind of has to be their stance right now because yeah. if if there's any thought, if there's any whiff of the Lakers could buy him out, yeah, that being a real thing, then nobody's going to trade for him. Exactly. Right. So that's yep. that's the kind of what their their stand their stance has to be. And then on top of that, I've been talking a lot about this. Russell Westbrook has not picked up his player option yet. Now I'm not saying he's not going to, but I'm saying that the Lakers legally can't trade him right now yep. because he has not Correct. picked up that player option. So Russell Westbrook is going to maintain that control as long as he possibly can. So if there's yep. a trade, if a team calls up Rob Polinka right now and says, hey, we want to give you this stuff for, for Russell Westbrook, and the Lakers say, yes, we want to do that, if that's not a team Russ wants to go to, he can shut that down all the way up until the deadline for signing that yep. that uh, that player option. Which is exactly why anybody thinking he'll get traded at the draft, unless he's super excited about where it is and it comes with he opts in pre-draft mm-hmm. and then they, they get it done, maybe. I'm not going to take it off the table. Stranger things have happened. But it's more likely he continues to hold the control, waits, exercises it at the last minute, or at least after the draft, and then that's you know where things go from there. Yep. All right. Uh, speaking of the, speaking draft, of the draft, speaking yeah. of the draft, uh, Jabari Smith and Chet Holmgren, Jonathan Gavani and and Mike Smiths believe they will be the one and the two respectively. Do Do you agree with that? That those two guys should go one two. So this is funny. Every time I look at these top three guys, Jabari Smith, Chet Holmgren, and Paulo Bancaro, who for me have very much separated themselves as the best three uh-huh. players in this draft class. Whenever I'm watching them, whoever I'm watching at the time, I think is going to be the best player of the three. Like I, I'm, I'm super excited about all three guys. Um, I do think Bancaro is probably third on that list. Um, I 
don't know that the Magic have fully decided yet. I don't think that's the way they really do things in mm-hmm. Ron. I think they will continue to uh, do their 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 work on these players and try to figure that out and take this. You know, they they may take it all the way right up to the you know time limit in the in the first round pick. So we'll we'll see. But um, if I had to guess today. Yeah, Smith then Holmgren, I think, is is the order I would go. Um, but check with me, you know, a little later this afternoon, shoot me a text, and I might uh, give you a little bit of a different answer. Um, the other thing out of the draft combine that we wanted to touch on real quick, Dyson Daniels, who played mm-hmm. for the, the G League Ignite, uh, really starting to climb up draft boards. Uh, people really were excited about what they saw. Big guard ball handling skills um, can do a lot of different things. So, uh, you know, he's a player to keep an eye on for sure um, as he comes up. Uh, we've got a, mo- a little over a month, well, a little under a month now, mm-hmm. um, one day short of a month to go until the draft. So we're going to continue to hear a lot of, you know, oh, this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy. So we'll see. And this can matter. I mean, last year it was Bones Island. Who was, who was doing things in the combine that, that mm-hmm. rose him up. So yep. uh, this can can certainly be a thing, and so it'll be interesting to see where Dyson Daniels go. I mean, like Corey Kispert moved way up the the draft boards boards last year uh, as we got yep. within like the, the last week before the draft. So there is still plenty of time for movement. And I'll finish with this. My The thought that pops into my head every time you say there's a, there's a top three that have distanced themselves from everybody else, I think, of course there is. Because the Sacramento Kings have the fourth overall pick. I know, right? It's it for years too. That's how it felt with the Magic. Where, mm-hmm. Wherever the Magic picked, whether it was fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, it was a top whatever one short of wherever they were yeah. uh, draft. And in most of those years too, they slid back a pick or two. So yeah, it's a uh, you know def- definitely uh, you know you're tricky. And want to point people one thing real quick mm-hmm. as we're wrapping up here. Um, I retweeted it. It's by Ken Rodriguez uh, for the San Antonio Report dot uh, org. He wrote a really cool story about Greg Popovich and um, where he is. Um, It's funny. I'll just read his tweet. For nearly two months, I dug into the private life of Greg Popovich. I pried and poked in places he does not like and found this. Maybe the most generous coach in NBA history. From four-figure tips to seven-figure gifts, no one gives like Pop. And it's all about the things he does for the community and the charity and tips and how he takes care of staffers and all that. Well, well worth your time to read. Um, It's, again, Ken Rodriguez at KRodWriter. Um, on Twitter, it's also you can find it on my timeline at Keith Smith NBA. Um, I uh, quote tweeted it, and it's out there. It is really you know unbelievable. It's so so great. I would really take time to 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 read this, and you you will feel a lot better um, you know after you read it. First of all, that that sounds like a fantastic story. I definitely need to go and and read that one. So I'm I'm definitely going to go check that out. But second of all, wait. So clarify this. You you quote tweeted this. You mean you didn't just copy and paste? the the tweet <laughs> and then and then tag Complete the person at, at the bottom of it like that's that's mind-blowing stuff keith yeah yeah i might have got a little 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 in my feelings uh, uh the other day about that one i that stuff's maddening yeah it I have to go to school too. pickup on the uh, next to last day of school here, so I will, um, I will, I will, I will save that rant for another day. Uh, you that's know, our cliffhanger. Uh, uh, Trevor will get me going, and I will, uh, <laughs> I'll get going on, on that at some point there too. So we'll talk about that one maybe tomorrow or maybe tonight on our on our maybe live tonight. stream yeah, on on, uh, on playback. So come join yeah. us. Use the link in the description below. But thank you everybody for joining us. Make sure you do subscribe right here to the, to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Don't forget to turn on those notifications as well. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.